It is so good to be a part of a church that's always thinking outside uh, the lines and outside the, just the, the walls of New Cove. We're making an impact, and we're constantly trying to ask the question, how can we, even in a, in a season like we're in, uh, how can we impact those around us? Uh, and as Troy said, uh, our Bills for Christ took off for Amory, Wisconsin, and I want us to pray for them. I certainly pray that they will accomplish much, uh, but I want us to pray that where they are, they have numerous opportunities uh, to share the love of Christ in a very practical way and, uh, and have verbal conversations. I don't know how you have a nonverbal conversation, how they have conversations that are focused upon, upon Jesus Christ. So let's pray for them. Father, thank you that New Cove is filled full of people who are always thinking, where do you have me and how may I leverage what you've given me? Uh, how can I leverage that for something bigger than just my own comfort and my own resources? God, thank you, thank you that you um, are giving us opportunity in our neighborhoods. You're giving us opportunities at work. Uh, as schools open back up, you're going to give us opportunity to breathe life into the people around us. But God, we especially pray for those on our bills for Christ. I pray that you would give them energy, that you would give them strength, that you would keep them from illness. I pray that they would accomplish much, give them, I uh, pray they'd have, uh, keep short accounts when frustration happens. I pray that they would work through it in a godly manner and that they would that you would cause all things to work together for good because we love you and are called according to your purpose. Father, I pray for Jim and Ramona, Larry and Deb, Marty and Lisa, Zach and Linda, for Michael, and for Alex. God, I pray that you would give them everything they need, give them abilities even beyond uh, what they might normally have. And I pray you will honor their work, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is good to see you. Thanks for being here uh, and checking, uh, checking in on worship. What awesome worship this morning. And today, uh, we're going to be looking at one of my favorite passages. So you might uh, find a Bible, uh, have access to your Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 2 will be there in just a few moments. Uh, Every week it seems like I keep saying, can it get any crazier in our world? And can it not become more confusing? And it just seems like week after week I just shake my head and just think this is craziness. Uh, just all the things that are happening at one time. And how do we as, as followers of Christ, how do we navigate that in a godly way? And how do we allow the presence of God to transform all areas? And so despite... Our secularized culture who says our hope is in horizontal things, in finding the right people, finding the right things, I think that's important. But there's something that's much greater than us looking horizontally, and that is looking uh, upward uh, vertically. So let me remind you of this. Each spiritual awakening started with a group of people who prayed for the power of God to extend the kingdom of God. Remember, the kingdom of God is saying... What's going on up there? May it happen here. May it happen in my home. What's going on up there? May it impact the way I live at home, the way I go at work, the way I deal with my neighbors, uh, those that it's, uh, it, wherever I may go. May up there happen down here. And it said, may, may God extend the kingdom of God in them, in us personally, in their local city, and around the world. 
And so what we are talking about is we talk about what would it look like for us to have a spiritual awakening? I am more encouraged than ever before. And I, and I don't say that sarcastically. All of the things that are going on around us, it encouraged me more than ever before because our hope is in Christ and Christ alone. If God can transform me, then he has the opportunity to transform the people around me because I treat them in a Christ-like way and it, helps, it goes on and on and on. And so that's why it's so important that we talk about the presence of God transforming us individually. Another verse you might want to jot down is Zechariah 4, 6. And he said to me, this is what the Lord says. It is not by force, it is not by strength, it is not horizontal, but it's by my spirit vertical, says the Lord of heavens, the Lord of heaven's armies. So we are praying for the fifth amazing awakening to happen. Our focal verse, and if you haven't uh, memorized it and haven't uh, used it as a prayer point for you, it's Psalm 67, and notice how vertical it is. May your ways be known throughout the earth. That's what we're praying for, that God's ways would be known, and it starts in us and then moves out. May your saving power among people everywhere be known, and then may it go further. May the nations praise you, O oh God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Let the whole world sing for joy because you govern the nations with justice and guide the people of the whole world. And so we've talked about having prayer pods. And this is our last week of, of formal prayer pods. But even if you have not been involved in one, it's not too late to sign up to be in one for this last week. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Even your own personal prayer, prayer pod, using that verse of, I, of Psalm 67, verses 2 to 4, would be an amazing prayer for you to pray on a daily basis that this would take place internally and then begin to seep outward. So let's connect all the dots. Each spiritual awakening came when society was at its lowest. So we're in great company right now. So each spiritual awakening had four root denominators. One, believers humbled themselves, and we've defined humbling ourselves as stop looking horizontally for that which can only be found vertically. It's not saying that, ver that horizontal things aren't, don't matter and don't need to be addressed, but it's saying, first of all, we need to get our hearts right with God. Second, they prayed. The way we define that was each, we must bow to a God who is altogether other than you. That we would pray to the creator of the universe who's altogether other than you and me. Three, that we would look to his face. Where you look is where you go. And so as we encounter all kinds of opportunities, we look to God and say, God, how would you have us address this particular issue? Now, before I share the fourth one, I want you to, I want to prepare you for the fourth because it will probably be the most invasive one of all. And let me remind you, it's probably been uh, months since you've been on an airplane, but you'll remember when they say, if for some reason we lose cabin pressure, a mask will fall down. And then they instruct you, if you are with some other people, get your mask on first. You need to be healthy so that you can then help others. When I share this next point, 
you're going to want everybody around you to apply this, but you're going to think you're exempt from it. So before I share the fourth, I want you to own it, and I want you to commit to say, I will take on and personalize, because every one of these prayer points of spiritual awakening have to take place internally. Here we go. Number four, turn from your sinful ways. Now, granted, we want everybody else to turn from their sinful ways, but before that can happen, that has to happen to us internally. So let's define what sin is. There's any number of ways. This is not the only way to define sin. But here, let's look at this. Turn from your sinful ways. Sin is putting ourselves, putting other people, or putting other things in God's rightful place. Trying to make life work apart from God. And so when we turn from our sinful ways, we're beginning to ask and say, God, would you reveal to me any area in my life where I have put other people, other things, or maybe even put myself in a place where you belong? And here's why I, we talk about this. You will never understand the struggle with sin unless you grasp at its very bottom. Sin is a problem of the heart. It's not, first of all, a behavioral problem, which it, it does, sin moves toward behavior problem. It's not a circumstance problem, first of all, but it does lead to circumstantial issues. It is not uh, always other people oriented. It may lead to us sinning against others. Sin at the very bottom is a heart issue. In fact, Paul Tripp, in his book, uh, New Mercies, he said this, the heart is the worship center of yourself. Your heart houses what you worship. If you want to know what is driving you, look to your heart. You and I literally live out of our hearts. Paul goes on to say, we were created to be lovers of God, but sin makes us lovers of self. So what happens is we end up worship, worshiping the created instead of the creator. He finishes up and says, Sin causes us to insert ourselves into the center of our worlds, making life all about us. It's about self-focus. And we have to be so careful because all the things that go on around us, we can think, how does this affect me? And what, what are my rights? And what, what am I going to do about this? As opposed to saying, what does God have to say about this? What is written in God's word? What is the Holy Spirit leading me to do? so that I am not the center of my world. Creation was made to point you to the one who alone has the ability to satisfy your heart. Sin is a big deal. All sin is a big deal. So I want to take you to one of my favorite verses, in, or a couple verses, in 2 Timothy chapter 2. It is such a powerful passage, and you're going to be so encouraged by uh, reading it this morning, and you'll want to think about it uh, this week. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean. You will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Don't read any further yet. 
think about this. It, it begins with this whole idea of if, meaning you and I have a choice in being involved in kingdom work or in self-work. You and I, this is amazing. I have amazing news for you that if you will apply what you hear out of just 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 21 and 22, you will be used presently for huge work, work that is much greater than just what we can do on ourselves. We get to be a part of kingdom work. We get to be a part of what's going on up there, making it happen internally, in our families, and on consent, our own uh, growing concentric circles. This is an amazing passage. And so it says, you have an opportunity before you. Given that, if you keep yourself pure. In other words, if you keep known sin in your life, this discounts, it undermines what is about to happen here. If you will keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Who doesn't want to be a part of being uh, of honorable work? Your life will be clean. You'll be ready for the master, here it is, to use you for every good work. And it's not just saying, build us for Christ. They're doing a great job. But every one of those people on Build Us for Christ, they're just using their God-given talents. And so they're just taking their God-given talents and just using the on-ramp of, of going uh, to Wisconsin. But this is not limited to us going uh, overseas or going out of, uh, out of state. It just means wherever you go, if you are caught up in, in your confession, if you are keeping close uh, close uh, uh, contact with God and making sure that you're confessed up. He says, I will use you for honorable work. Wherever you go, I will use you. You will probably get tired, if not already, of hearing this, but God knew before the foundation of earth that you would be here today and he would have you exactly where he wants you for this very purpose, for honorable work, to bring about the presence of God in a, in a system that looks horizontally for answers. And he's placed you and me to be in a place where we get to present Christ to others using our God-given gifts, talents, and how God has made you powerful in your strengths. Therefore, he says, look at verse 22, because of this, because of the huge opportunity before us, Run, it doesn't just say, kind of think about it. It says, run from anything that stimulates you to put self first. And, and the evil one knows where, we're, where our liabilities are. The evil one knows what to bring to your mind, where you are most weak. And so he doesn't want you to be useful. He doesn't want you to be used for honorable work. And so he will bring all kinds of things. And if he can't make you bad, he'll just make you busy, overcommitted and under-resourced. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, here it is, run from and pursue. So run from and then run to righteous living. It means just being aware of what God wants for you. Faithfulness, love, peace, and enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts, the power of community. Which again, as we try to figure out how long this physical distancing goes on, how do we engage meaningfully and not just retreat and pull up all the, all the walls? 
and, and, uh, and bridges, but how do we stay meaningfully connected even in the midst of this? Because the companionship of those who call on the Lord is so important. Another way to put it is found in Hebrews 12.1. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. What's the race he set before us? It's in that 2 Timothy chapter 2 passage. He wants you to use you for his honorable use. He wants you to be ready to use you for every good work. That is God's call for you wherever you go, whatever station of life you're in. And so as a result of that, it says, then strip off everything that slows you down and the sin. So it means there are good things that can slow you down. I think years ago, several years ago, when we worked through uh, the book of Hebrews, we came, uh, came to this particular passage, and I shared that in high school, all during the weekend uh, when we were playing basketball, our coach would have us wear weighted tennis shoes. And the soles were just really, really weighted down with uh, extra material. And we would work out day and day. We would run stands. We would run li- lines. And we would work out and, uh, and compete that way all during the week. On game night, Tuesday nights and Friday nights, we would go out to warm up uh, in the gym wearing weighted tennis shoes. Then we would come in after that, right before tip-off, we would change shoes and put on our game shoes, which did not have the weights, and woo, happy feet. I mean, it was amazing. It was like, I mean, some guy like me, I thought I could 360 slam dunk. So it made us crazy thinking too. So the, the point of it was, I couldn't believe the difference. Is there anything wrong with weighted shoes? No, absolutely not at all. But getting rid of the weight freed us to be able to move quicker and more to be more agile. The point of this is that every weight can trip us up. And so he says, I want you to play the long game. Because what sin typically is, is us taking shortcuts to bring about relief. And all of us want relief, but we need relief in the right way. And C.S. Lewis says, if God has you waiting, apparently he's got something in, in mind for you while you wait. And so don't, don't allow the waiting to cause you to take shortcuts. Sin's a big deal because it makes, makes, us, makes life about us, not about God. And so every, everything that we're facing the temptation is to make it about us and not instead to say, God, how do you want me to honor the people that you put around me? How do you want me to pursue those who are hurting? God, what do you want me to do? Sin's a big deal because it can cause us to get our eyes off God and to think about life through our lens. Sin's a big deal. And why is it such a big deal? Well, if it's such a big deal, Jesus was, gave his life. That is huge. He was willing to sacrifice his life because sin is such a big deal. The blood of Jesus was spilled because of sin. Sin separates us from God, and as followers of Jesus Christ, sin causes us to be disabled in terms of being, uh, to using honor, our, our lives for honorable work and to be useful and prepared for the master for what, every good work he has for us. It's a big deal and satan does not want you to think about that he wants you to think as long as nobody knows it doesn't matter it's just this one time 
You know, it's not, uh, I'm, I look how much better I am than everybody else. Let me close with this. You probably have already figured this out, by the way. But we have, over the last four weeks, we've been using Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 as our passage. We just didn't tell you that. Second Chronicles 7, 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, restore their land. This was not written to Americans. This is written to people who are followers of God. And what he says is, if my people, he was speaking to followers of Jesus Christ, and so here comes that oxygen mask. Take care of yourself that you and I need to apply this personally before we demand it of everybody else. If my people who call themselves followers of Jesus Christ, one, will humble themselves, stop looking horizontally for that which can only be found vertically. If you will pray, if we'll bow to a God who's altogether other than you and me, if you will seek my face, where you look is where you go. If we will turn from our wicked ways, sin is putting ourselves, other people, or other things in God's rightful place, trying to make life work apart from God. Then God hears. Then God restores. This is not a formula. It's not a one-time commitment. It is ongoing. Remember, each spiritual awakening started when a group of people prayed for the power of God to extend the kingdom of God in them and then in their local city and then further out. What are we praying? God, may your ways be known. May your saving power be known. May the nations praise you. May all the nations praise you. Let the whole world sing for joy because you govern and guide. And that's what we're praying for is God to govern our lives and to guide our lives. And it has to begin individually. So where do we go from here? We need to pray. Let me give you several verses and then we'll finish. Psalm 139, 23 to 24. That each of us would say, search me, O God. Know my heart because the heart is the collector of worship. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life, of God's kingdom. And sometime, hopefully today, you will pause and just allow, allow God to bring things to your mind and then confess them. And the beauty of that is 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just. He will forgive you of your sins and he will cleanse you from all wickedness. And then Satan wants to remind you what a horrible person you and I are. But Psalm 103 says he's removed our sins as far from us as east is from west. 
that we can live in confidence that our sins are forgiven and forgotten. So here's what I'd like for you. If you would all take your phones, and I would like for you, uh, all, all of us, uh, to text 402-260-2400 and respond. And I want to just give us some direction of where to go from here. And the beauty of this is that we need to do something with what we've heard. That we're not just a hearer of God's word, but we do something with what we've heard. So every week we, we, we go through this, but it's so important. Maybe you need to talk to someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe your life's out of control and it would just be helpful to talk to somebody. Then, by all means, let us know that. We would love to be able to talk with you and encourage you. We'll be forming some online groups because that is so important. We'll be joining, uh, starting some brand new groups here in the next week or two. It's not too late to join a prayer pod for this week and it'll all be focused on confession and allowing God to reveal reveal to us what we need and maybe you want to respond to today's message you say this is how God has spoken to me the prayer requests are huge for us in that it just helps us to know how best to pray for you and so that's a place for you to to respond in that way Uh, let me before I take you to our Bible app uh, assignment let me just thank you for your giving Uh, I there's a verse that says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And as you know, another way to put that would be, that I heard it this week, it's better to be a conduit than a container. And New Cov is a conduit. And I'm so grateful for your continued giving. Uh, that has made a huge difference at New Cov. This last week, we were able to help another family uh, who was going through some real difficult times and again, we were able to help them, and it's because of your faithfulness and giving. It matters. You are a conduit, and I'm grateful to be a part of a church that continues to give, uh, even when it's a little more inconvenient to do so. Our Bible reading plan this week is called Acts of Repentance. If you are not uh, in a present study, Acts of Repentance will be a great study for us. Uh, it, will be, it will pick up where we left off there And then there are some discussion questions that have uh, much to do with what you've heard this morning. And those discussion questions, I'd encourage you uh, when you get home or if you're already at home, that you have some of these discussions about uh, interacting with the four points that we've looked at this morning. But here's what I want to ask two things. What is God saying to you and what are you going to do about it? Given all that you've heard over the last four weeks, what is God saying to you, and then what are you going to do about it? We'd love to be along, alongside you in that. For those of you who are uh, physically here uh, and mentally, uh, we have an opportunity for you to give as well as you leave this morning. In just a few moments, there are a couple boxes out there, and uh, your giving uh, matters. So let me pray for us, and then uh, we have a couple of songs we'd like to share with you. Father, uh, I pray that we would look to you. And Father, any time we begin to look 
horizontally for that which can only be fulfilled vertically. God, would you bring that to our mind? God, may we first be driven by what you say before we start thinking uh, outside and, and horizontally. God, I pray that we would live our lives in such a way that we are useful and prepared for every good work. And I pray the very minute we begin to entertain uh, something or someone and put that thing or person in first place where you belong, God, would you tap on our, our hearts so that we can quickly confess that, so that we can be a vessel that is useful and prepared for honorable work wherever you have us go. And I pray this in the name of Jesus.